The gang is all here. That's right. Uh, Jackie behind the controls, as always. Uh, HP, Heather is back after a day off. And Heather, you need to answer the question that has just been burning, that people want to, they need to know, that tune into the show, because you were uh, persona non grata. You were not here yesterday. And we all figured you won that $55 million in the Lotto Max, and we'd never see you again. Oh, man, it felt like I was spending millions yesterday, not winning them. Oh, no, see, because when I saw Heather here, Jackie, I thought, if she's won this, I mean, uh, at the very least, she would buy us coffee, no? You'd think so. I mean, yesterday I defended Heather's character, but no coffee. I don't know if I could go back. <laughs> yeah, oh, by the, way, by the way, HP, Jackie did say that had you won the $55 million, uh, and there's a ticket out in Oshawa that hasn't been claimed yet, but we know the winning ticket was sold there. Had you won that $55 million, she says that you would actually have come to work. I think I would for a day just to say, I'm out of here. Uh, you know, I hear laughter in the background, like in the newsroom, like nobody else is believing you either. You're not showing up. You're not showing I'm up at work. i that way. I don't know. I said that you were too dedicated to your job to leave on account of money. You'd be here no matter what. So, you know. At least for the one day and then goodbye. Well, thanks for letting my opinions down. I don't hey, know. At least I'd show up. Yeah, I don't know if I can work with somebody with that kind of accountability. Like, I like a certain amount or level of accountability, but at uh, what point is it too much, right? Like, if you're telling me you would show up to work after winning $55 million, uh, I don't know, Jackie, can we truly trust Heather? I don't think so. No, no not at this point. <laughs> well, goodbye. <laughs> Heather, it's uh, nice to have you back. Uh, I, I wish it was with an armored truck yeah, and me too. $55 million. But, uh, hey, maybe that's what... Uh, Lil Nas X is a making. He has got the new number one song on the Billboard chart. It's called Old Town Road. It is making all kinds of noise and all kinds of uh, news, not only because it's the number one song right across uh, North America, but it features Billy Ray Cyrus, and they're calling this uh, a bit of a uh, genre bender, if you will. If you've not heard this, have a listen. The new number one song in Billboard, again, it's called Old Town Road from Little Nas X featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black. Got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse. Ha, you can whip your Porsche. I absolutely, I, I wish we were on TV right now, that everybody could see the expressions in the studio, because Jackie, Heather, those in the 640 newsroom that haven't heard this song yet, everybody's mouth is agape. You, you didn't see that coming, right? The the rap coming. No, I didn't see any of that coming, and it was terrible. How is that the number one song right now? That's what a lot of people are asking. Here to answer that question is our good friend, music expert and commentator, Eric Elper. He joins us on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Eric, good afternoon. I think Heather took that $55 million and bought 55 million copies of this thing. <laughs> That's how it became number one. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know what? For people that are kind of like, uh, what is this? I think they're just old because the backstory of this song is so important not only to the the amount of teenagers who don't care about the system and charts than the actual love and quality of the song i think it's so interesting that this song hit number one despite 
all of the things that we're going to talk about. Yeah, well, let's uh, start with, uh, as you mentioned, the backstory and Little Nas X, who uh, actually uh, dropped out of college to become a rapper. And as you might expect, uh, his parents were a little concerned about that, but not for the, the usual reasons, Eric. Yeah, you know, so Lil Nas X, um, whose name is actually Montero Hill, um, got kicked out of his house and moved in with his sister once he didn't do so well in school. And it was during that ride where he came up with all these images of, that's it, I'm alone, I'm a cowboy, I'm an outlaw, I'm on my own, the car that he's driving is now a horse, and that's where he came up with the idea. But it wasn't a country song, it was a genre of hip-hop called trap, which is just kind of a little bit slower than your average public enemy song i think that we all know okay. it's and so he's put it on this social media network that every teenager is on called tiktok now tiktok is made up of videos it's made up of of teenagers making videos doing dances and singing their own songs that they're making up but it has overtaken twitter and facebook in terms of usage in Japan and overseas and slowly making its way across North America. So that's where the teenagers started to follow him and be like, you know, this song is actually pretty good, but just keep in mind, it was still a hip hop song. Yeah. And so, um, so why has it caught on? Why is it uh, number one? Is it the, the old story that uh, the kids, uh, they rebel, it's a rebellion. And if, uh, you know, all of us are here with mouth agape and we don't understand it and don't get it. If the older set, the older generation doesn't get it, that's all the more reason for us, the, the younger set, too. Yeah, and I think it's also because the, the younger generation probably has this image of country music as we do when we were growing up. It was hee-haw. And then here's this African-American teenager coming along using a lot of country influences like a twanging guitar and that sad, sad country song theme and turning it into something that kind of made fun of the style of music a little bit but still paid honor to it. So it was climbing the charts, hitting number 70, solely based on views on YouTube and Spotify streams because that's the new method and the new measure that that billboard um, now uses for its hits. Then country music started to complain and saying, you know, this isn't a country song and nobody asked for their opinion. They just kind of inserted themselves into the situation because everybody was calling it a kind of country hip hop song. Country radio said, no, not that. Billboard took it off of the country charts a couple of weeks ago, saying that it didn't incorporate enough country music styles and, and, uh, and instruments to make it a country song. That's when it started to blow up in the commercial world and the mainstream media picked up on the story of this 19-year-old African-American who just wants to record a song but fighting against what the rules and regulations are for an old standard like Billboard and Country Radio. Yeah, and I don't want to say that this was calculated, but uh, I just love this part of the story that uh, Little Nas X, is, his dad, was uh, worried about him getting into rap, not because he didn't think he could do it, but he felt like the hip-hop world... The, the playing field was already too crowded. Like how, how are you going to stand out from the crowd? And he obviously has found a way to do so. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even think that he would have any, um, any thought process that this was actually going to be a hit where it started to climb into the top 20 and now jumped from number 15 to number one this week on the billboard hot 100 is that he asked his followers on Twitter, which, you know, he's got a sizable amount, to track down Billy Ray Cyrus. And it turns out that 
ex is actually a pretty big Miley Cyrus fan. So he asked his Twitter followers <laughs> to track down Billy Ray. Billy Ray answered the tweet, went into the studio with him, and recorded the verses and some of the choruses as a kind of kick in the teeth to Billboard and country radio saying, well, now is this country enough? And it turned out that slowly... Uh, you know, they're up to about 60 radio stations in America on the countryside that are playing it, certainly not enough to bring it into their chart system. But it brings up a lot of interesting arguments about, well, what does make a country song? Because country radio hasn't had that great, you know, history when it comes to African-American artists. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, you're absolutely right about uh, that, Eric, and point well made. And also about just how all of us may be, uh, and I'm wondering whether or not... Uh, this is uh, some sort of watershed moment in terms of music genres just as a whole. That Are we are we getting ready just to accept music for music? And, uh, and we're going to go to the phones on this in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, when I was in high school, and I'm sure the same for you, it was like everybody stay in your own lane. If you were a rocker, you were always a rocker. You listen to ACDC, you would never listen to... Uh, uh, I don't know, Waylon Jennings, or you'd never listen to ABBA. But uh, I have always, uh, I don't know if prided myself is the right word, but I just love a good song. I don't care what genre it is. If it's a good song, I love it. Yeah, I think people forget what it was like listening to hit radio back when we were all kids, where they would play the Archies followed by Lou Rawls followed by a Beatles song. Whatever was a hit on Billboard, that's what they played. And so, you know, with the, with the tight formats and the ability for radio stations to say, you know what, we need to divide our audience into segments in order to sell advertising, which com completely made sense. What changed it was the iPod, because that enabled people to listen to what they wanted whenever they wanted without fear of being, you know, embarrassed by their musical taste. And these teenagers are growing up with 55 million tracks at their disposal and YouTube at the ready that they can listen to whatever they want, regardless of what we all want to call that style of music. Yeah, so do you think that we're seeing a, a bit of a shift? Uh, I'm also thinking about, uh, over on the satellite side, uh, Sirius XM, they just released a bunch of uh, new channels. One of them uh, made so much sense to me. It is a, a country pop uh, channel where they're yeah. taking that uh, kind of country pop-flavored music like uh, the, the Keith Urbans of the world and melding them with, well, Taylor Swift's already crossed over, but uh, there, there's so many other pop artists, and there, there's such an appetite for that right now. I thought to myself, why isn't terrestrial radio? Why aren't they on this format? Um, I, I don't know why, but because the proof is there. You know, you've got artists like Darius Rucker from Houdini Bluefish that's, that, that's you know, making it pretty big on the country chart. You also have Jimmy Allen, who's African-American, who hit the Billboard Country Top 10 last year. And you've got artists like Kid Rock that mixes a lot of country and, and, and pop and hip-hop together. Certainly, you know, Florida Georgia Line and their track with Nelly was a huge hit. You would think that radio would be thinking... I want more of this. Whatever sticks people to the dial and not turn it to something else, that's what I want. And so I think that it's going to be real interesting to see, you know, three or four years down the road, if country radio is just going to be forced to take off, you know, the that handcuffs and say, you know, we're just going to move into the 2020s and play whatever people want to hear rather than what we think that country radio should be. Yeah, well, as always, uh, I think the market, the free market, will dictate uh, where businesses like radio go. So uh, just to kind of wrap this or surmise this up, 
Uh, do you think that we're going to see that this next generation of music uh, listeners, are we going to see a seed change? Do you think uh, people aren't going to be so tribal about their music anymore that uh, songs like Old Town Road that take country and hip hop or rap and meld them together, that's going to maybe become the norm? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to happen a lot sooner, too, because I think that there's going to be teenagers that are going to listen to the song and say, well, why can't I have a banjo in my hip hop track and release it? Um, you know, the next day up on Spotify or, or YouTube and start to climb virally if it's a really great, interesting track that, you know, we don't even have to wait for next year. We could see something in, uh, of this kind of influence in the next couple of weeks. Um, forget about years or generations. But I think, you know, country radio, though, I wouldn't really put it past them to kind of change. They've, they've kind of been stuck in their ways and their methods and their means, and it's worked for them for decades and decades, going all the way back to Jimmy Rogers and not really playing Ray Charles's, um, even though he, that he was just as country as anybody else. So I think that it, it'll take a generation for that system to change, but I don't even think that the kids are waiting for it. They want it now. Well, it's been a long, long time since I think a song or a record went to number one and uh, made headlines and made news. But uh, Old Town Road uh, from uh, Little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus certainly doing that. Eric, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We'll talk soon. You got it. Music commentator Eric Helper with us on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.